Alrighty. Second Kings six one to seven. I can just read it off there, can't I? The company of prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. <clears throat> let us go down to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. Elisha cut a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out with his hand and took it. Have you ever had the, the head fly off your axe? It hasn't happened to me, but it's moved a bit and I've had to build it back on again. Whack the handle of the axe on the stump. So, it can happen. Now, it's, it's an interesting story, isn't it? Like, here's the school of the prophets. Their buildings, you know, their premises are too small. And um, they go down the river to cut some poles, some trees or whatever. And this axe head... This axe that the bloke borrowed, one of the one of the trainee prophets, a bit like Gary, he's a trainee and um, trainee pastor. So, uh, so he's swinging the axe, and next minute the head flies off, and Elijah throws a stick in the water, and the axe head rises up. Encouragement from God can be a sign. A sign that you are on the right track to fulfilling his will. And the raising of the axe head was not just a miracle. I believe it wasn't just a miracle, but I believe it was a sign. A sign to the prophets that they were doing God's will. Or that God was happy with their mission, their ministry. So, just a little bit more about the background. The story begins with a company of prophets and it appears that one of their schools, their accommodations, has been inadequate because of a growing number of young men and a tribute to the effectiveness of Elisha's ministry. This guy was on fire. He'd been on fire since he saw Elijah depart. You know how he departed? On fire. <laughs> yes. So this may have been their school at Jericho, which is not too far from the Jordan. And um, they went to the river for their wood and they intended to build new facilities at a new site there. Elisha gave his permission for the project 
and agreed to accompany the workmen. Our story. Why would God even want to raise an axe head from the bottom of the river as a sign? We believe, we trust, we have faith in God. We have faith in a God that we can't even see. God's here today. We can't see. And each of you have brought him here in your hearts. But his presence is here. The Holy Spirit is here. As believers fulfilling God's will for our lives, we need signs to show us the way. You're driving along the road, down the highway, and you want to go to somewhere. Where can we go to? Benalla. And you've got to look for the sign, don't you? Oh, yep. We turn, we exit here. Whatever. We look for a sign. That's what we do. We look for signs. And just in case people forget to stop at a stop sign, a step stop at an intersection, there's a sign there. Or if you forget to give way, there's a sign there. We look for signs all the time. And so... The Christian life is just the same. Lord, do you want me to go this way? Give me a sign. He'll give you a sign. So, has God ever given you a sign? That's a good question. These signs... Wow, that was a nice tune. These signs confirm to believers that God is giving approval to their life, to their, sorry, these signs, the signs that God gives us, confirm to believers or confirm to us that God is giving us his approval for direction as related to his will. Okay, Jesus' story. With God's concern for the sinful condition of the world, he gave another sign. This was not a floating axe head, but this was the life of his only son. Luke 19, 1 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Folks, what was lost? As a human race was lost. Ever since Adam and Eve, you know. Um, broke the rules. So the previous sign of the law was about to be fulfilled in Christ. So the law was a sign, like the Ten Commandments, and that was about to be fulfilled in Christ. The floating... Now... Our story, Jesus' story, I want to come back to our story. The floating axe head was a sign to the company of prophets that God really is alive and interested in them. He supernaturally provided for their needs. So what has changed in 2,800 years? This axe head floated, this 
story happened 2,000, I did some research, 2,800 years ago. It was 800 years before Christ. What has changed in 2,800 years? God's principles and statutes are still the same. God wants you to know that he's still alive and that he's interested in you. Just like the school of prophets prospered 2,800 years ago. God is interested in mankind and his interest has never ceased. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. I want to tell you about a sign that God gave me. God gave me a sign. So, I was, I was a happy little Christian. I was going off to church every Sunday. I was reading my Bible and I wasn't much of the evangelist, but people knew I was a Christian and if they asked me if I went to church and that, I said, yeah, I had no problem with that. And um, <clears throat> I was even involved in the restoration of a steam locomotive our, our club met on Saturdays and he used to go down there and, and well, we pulled the boiler tubes out and stuck new tubes in. I loved it. It was great. You can actually see that locomotive. It's over at Molden now. It's called J515. It chuffs up and down the track. I put those boiler tubes in. Yeah. So they changed their working B days from Saturday to Sunday. I'd say, no, look, sorry guys, I'm a church man. I can't do that stuff on Sunday. And I had to leave the group. That wasn't the sign. That's just about the kind of person I was before I got a sign from God. We didn't have a pastor in our church at the time and I was invited to join the men's group and the men used to meet and like a board and, and talk about church business. Then a pastor came and after a while I became a worship leader and then after a while that I was asked to become a deacon and then years after that I was asked to become an elder and I was the first elder in that church. And so I, I was, as I said, I was a happy little Christian cruising along and one day we led our neighbours to Christ, a railway family, moved into the area from Ararat and we mentioned we were Christians and talked about Jesus and, and our neighbours became Christians and we were out camping one, one week later we were camping and while we were camping I scalded my hand with boiling water just through carelessness, the back of my hand came red and there was heaps of blisters and our neighbour she said to me so what do we do, stew, pray or what? I go, oh yeah probably not a bad idea, we could pray and so we joined in a little huddle and I was about to pray like I was an elder in the church, I knew how to pray for stuff and lay hands but she beat me to it. 
And she says, Lord, heal Stewie's hand. Amen. That was it. Well, what happened next was remarkable. I had this sensation in my hand that started at my wrist and went slowly, slowly up to my fingertips and I was watching my hand, but it didn't change. Everything looked the same, but the pain from the scold had gone. Like, it was summer, we were camping, the sun was on the red, you know, the skin was red from... um, Didn't have a first aid kit. Who takes that camping? You know, one person does. So, and probably a wise thing to do. So, um, so that was all right. The pain had gone. The burning pain had disappeared. And I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. Then I had this sensation in my hand again. It started again, and as it went up and up, slowly, slowly to my fingers. I said to the others, I said, you better come and have a look at this, I'm being healed. And it got up to there. And here, the redness and the blisters had disappeared before our very eyes. And it went up and up and up. And the whole hand was totally, the skin was totally restored, except for one blister right there on that finger, which was a reminder. The whole hand was healed. We were just jumping up and down saying, thank you, Jesus, like you can imagine. I've jumped in the creek and had a wash and said, oh, I want to be rebaptized, but I've already been done once. And we were so happy. And it was a miracle. And out in that miracle, there's no way to explain how a scalded hand and how blisters and that could get healed within, like, say, two minutes of the prayer. So now, here comes the problem for me. Why did God do that? I mean, why did God raise the axe head? Why did he heal my hand? It's no big deal because it would have been, in three weeks it would have been healed up anyway. So why? Why would God even want to do that? Folks, it was a sign. God, I mean, I was a God-fearing man. But I'll tell you what, that day he got my attention in a big way. And my relationship with Jesus totally changed. It became more personal, like it was, but not really. I don't know. But it became, you know, Jesus did something for me. Like, and it changed my heart. And it made me have a heart for ministry. I didn't have a heart for ministry at that time. And I sort of felt, what am I doing working at the railways? I should be out telling people about how awesome Jesus is. Not just in my spare time, but full time. And that's how it impacted my heart. And I didn't have to think about that. That was my heart right there on that day. I thought, wow. But I'm a railway man. We weren't paid very much. And we lived from week to week. How could I even afford to go to Bible college? How could I afford to get trained? Who knew that I'd become redundant two, two years later and receive a package? Who knew that my grandmother would die and leave me $20,000 and the other 12 grandkids got nothing? 
I wasn't the golden-haired boy. I don't even know why she did that. And so, because my job was made redundant, now I had the opportunity to go to Bible college. Now that I'd received an inheritance, I had the means to go to Bible college. See, that sign impacted my life. And I said to God, I want to do some ministry full time. And God made the way forward. And I went to Bible college and I did use the 20000 that my nana left me. And Bible college, including textbooks, I had to drive to Melbourne once a week. We had accommodation. Everything came to $18,000, folks. I had two grand left over. And I kept that money in the bank. And when we first came to Maryborough here to start ministry in 2000, in the year 2000, I had $2,000 in the bank to kick off my life in ministry. It's a sign. And if God gives you a sign, act upon it. Go with it. And I've had many signs different. And I've had visions and dreams. I don't need to ask God daily, what do I need to do today? Because I already know what a pastor needs to do. I'm equipped for that. God's given me wisdom and discernment. He's given me some common sense. He's given me a brain to work things out. I don't need to ask him every single thing. But I do talk to God daily. And I do thank him. Mostly I thank God. I thank God perhaps 95% more than I ask him for things. When you start doing God's will, you don't need to ask for too much. Because God just gives you stuff. Blessings come. Blessings come. The mo- mostly the things I ask God for is direction. Give me a vision for next year. Yeah, it's direction. So, the fulfilment of the law by Christ opened up the concept of God extending his grace. Extending his grace to all of those who believe in him. We call it salvation. We no longer have to fulfil the law because Jesus has. Jesus has fulfilled the law. What we, now the law, instead of it being like on paper, we don't have to read the Ten Commandments every, every day. And we don't have to even know the 600-odd laws. But because those things are written on our hearts. And Jesus summed up the commandments. He narrowed it down to two. You know what they are. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And if you do that, you'll be fulfilling the Ten Commandments because of what Christ has done. They are fulfilled. Jesus is a sign to the world. A sign that shows the compassion heart of God. And the sin problem, folks, can be dealt with. And this allows sinful people to be accepted by God. 
and to be changed into the likeness of Christ. And this acceptance directly affects our final destination. Okay, I want to come to the point of my message as we wrap it up. The fact that God is the same yesterday, today and forever gives mankind great comfort in God because of his consistency and his ability to give the world a sign that points the way to eternal life. Have you noticed that not everybody is consistent? Sometimes we have bad days, don't we? Sometimes we fall in a heap. And sometimes we good as gold and just rocking along with Jesus. But God is consistent. And what I like about God is you can tell him your personal stuff. And you don't see it on the front page of the Addy next, next Friday. You know? God doesn't do that. He doesn't bring it up again. We do, and we prayed about that in communion. And sometimes, you know, something we've done in the past and we've given it to God and it just comes back. And I believe it's just like a trick of the devil to try to, you know, give us a bad day or something, you know. Just say, rack off, hairy legs, like I'm with Jesus, you know. (laughs) Elisha and his prophets were in training And they were instrumental in the fulfilment of God's will. So are we. They accepted God's will for their lives and accepted the floating axe head as a sign and that their efforts in building a new premises was pleasing to God. As Christ made himself a sacrifice through death on the cross, it was a sign to all mankind that God's will for his life was being fulfilled. You see... God has a will for his son's life. Go to earth, do the ministry, you know, become crucified, rise again. That's my will for your life. And Jesus, as he fulfilled the Father's will, we receive the blessing of salvation. As we fulfill God's will for our lives, other people will receive salvation. It's how it works. We say, God, give me a sign, and God will give you a sign. And then, <clears throat> what's your will for me, life? What do you want me to do? Do this or that. And whatever you do for God will ultimately, down the track, bring salvation to people. I'm not an evangelist, I'm a teacher. And I don't go out on the street corners and evangelise. But I can preach to this congregation. I can preach to my congregation. And maybe, you know, what do we got here today? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen people. Right? I can preach today and sixteen people can go out of this room. And instead of just me being trying to evangelise, a teacher trying to evangelise, now we've got sixteen people that can do the work. You know, I'm not saying you're all evangelists, but what I am saying is you go out and you do God's will for your life and you might be chatting to someone on the phone that might be feeling a bit down. You might share a scripture or you might pray with them. That can lead to their salvation. It's just, I'm not talking about like, 
hardcore ministry like going out and seeing someone walking down the footpath and just like grabbing them by the collar and say, I'm going to prophesy to you, you know. Turn or burn. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about everyday life. Just everyday life. Just doing God's will will bring people to Christ. And that's, and that's our business, isn't it? To depopulate hell. To take people out of the prospect of going to hell and give them that opportunity to accept Christ and to go to heaven. And as Christ made himself a sacrifice through death on the cross, it was a sign to all mankind that God's will for Jesus' life was being fulfilled. Mark 9.31 says, Christ prophesied that he would be raised up again in three days. And this in itself was a sign to believers that just like Christ, they one day will be resurrected into new life. How come we've got a mountain on the screen? We lost the internet for a moment, so we're But we don't need internet for that. No, I don't. Oh, that one does make off. We are working up on that. Oh. So, if you just open up Presenter Pro, the screen will go black again. Okay, so... There are many signs that come from God to us. And most signs usually come as confirmations. They're not all floating axe heads. But God is alive and well and delivering to the whole world many signs and wonders for us to see. So, a couple of questions. Rhetorical. Where is your life leading And to my online audience, where is your life leading? Can you look back on your life and see signs from God that have pointed you in the present direction? And perhaps you need a directional sign from God right now. And if you do want a sign from God, you come here and Helen and I will pray and we'll invite Gary and we'll pray that God will give you a sign. If you want a sign... Encouragement from God can be a sign that you are on the right track fulfilling his will. Do you want to be used by God? Are you going to leave your axe head in the bottom of the river or are you going to take it as a sign for God for your life and embrace it as you seek his direction for your life? Actually, I've changed my mind. Instead of inviting you down here if you want a sign, I'm just going to pray for you anyway. I'm going to pray for everyone here and everyone online that God will give them a sign of some sort. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will give us a sign. Everyone that's, that's watching today, the ones that are here watching us physically and the ones that are watching this broadcast online and the ones that will watch this clip somewhere down the track. Father, give us a sign. Give us a sign that will show us that you are real. Give us a sign that will show us our direction. Give us a sign, Lord, that will change our heart. Give us a sign that will change our feeling towards you and let us go deeper. Father, give us some sort of a sign, Lord, whether it 
be a miracle or whether it come through a dream or a vision. Give us a confirmation of what you've already planted in our heart. Maybe it can come through the scriptures or through the word of the prophet. But Lord, we pray today that you'll give us a good sign that will show us the way forward. Each one of us individually and also all of us corporately as a church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Gaza. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.